What do you do when following your new dream means wasting your college degree? Hi, welcome to a lively conversation here on Business Mindset Mastery. Today, my friends, I am all fired up. I am your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And in all transparency, this is the second time I am giving it a go to do this episode. I just deleted my first episode on this topic. I received a letter from somebody that I used to work with in my residential program who found out about this new business that I've been doing, which it doesn't even feel new anymore. I'm kind of two or three years in at this point. And um, the letter was filled with disappointment and mocking of my choices, uh, basically saying I'm leaving my college degree behind, I'm wasting my talent, and um, I'm basically choosing a path for attention-seeking reasons. And I, <laughs> I did a show. I did a real show for you guys, uh, dropped a couple of F-bombs and really told this lady off. Um, And then when I was done and I was doing the show notes for it, it just like, it just became so apparent to me that you don't need to hear me rant. You don't need to hear me drop an F-bomb on this woman. You don't need to hear me defend myself because you already know that I'm pretty good with who I am and how I'm moving through the world these days. But it did occur to me because I did get defensive, I did feel the need to still defend myself. It occurred to me that I'm not the only one that hears that line, that you're wasting talent, all that time you spent in college. Are you, you know, the question that my clients talk about is, are you even still paying off the student loans for the first career path you chose? And, you know, here's the thing. I was I was really fortunate in the way that I grew up. My dad was a serial business owner. That doesn't mean he owned a business selling cereal with a C. He owned multiple different kinds of businesses in multiple different, you know, fields of interest. He when he went to college for himself, he was a mechanical engineer. He um, designed machines for the Avon company in their jewelry department at one point in time. He did direct sales marketing. At another point in time, he owned a Subway franchise. Then um, the founder of Subway had tried his hand at another franchise that involved selling fried chicken. My dad went and did that. And then ultimately, he closed all of his franchises, all of his businesses, and went back to um, being the vice president of a jewelry distribution company by the end of his career before he retired. So it has been modeled for me that it is okay to change your mind. It has been modeled for me that where you start out isn't always where you land. And I have seen that be okay for myself. And while people really do, the thing that people mostly push back with me about these days is the talent that I had. I have a lot of people from my old life who really are sort of genuinely disappointed that I don't work with kids anymore. If any of you are familiar with the mental health system, like the wait list to get a kid in for therapy and the wait list to get um, experience experienced therapist seeing kids is actually really quite lengthy and and parents can wait quite a long time to get their kid in to see somebody if their child is struggling. So usually when I get pushed back, it's about the fact that I don't help kids anymore and I've moved to adults. But when I move from residential care to private practice, people call that the dark side because I was moving to something that was more about making a profit and about making money. 
Some people gave me crap when I started a podcast, but you know, more often than not, I get a lot of support from the people who matter, the people who know me, the people who have been familiar with my old life, find it rather inspiring and motivating for themselves. I don't get a lot of guilt trips. You know, then I happen to marry somebody um, who started out as an engineer. My husband, (laughs) my dad really loved it when I was dating an engineer. Um, Uh, When I met my husband, he was a mechanical engineer for um, Gillette, the razor company, and they had a a South Boston headquarters. And when I met him, he had already been working for them for 10 years. And he told me explicitly, um, which, you know, listen to this story if you haven't already heard it on the show, because it just inspires me every single time I mention it. But when he was 18, he kind of looked around and looked at his family and looked at the background everybody was from, not, you know, college wasn't the typical path in his family and he knew there wasn't money for medical school and that he wanted to be a doctor. So he at 18 decided he would pick a career path that could make him a lot of money quickly so then he could go back to school um, and go to medical school and become a doctor. So he decided to become an engineer. He worked for Gillette for 10 years and then as soon as he had paid off his student loans um, for engineering school, he was, you know, I was encouraging him to, you know, go for it and sign up for his post-baccalaureate classes to get his medical school journey done. So my my environment and my immediate circle is always surrounded with acceptance over career change. But that isn't everybody's story. I know that a lot of you listening probably are still paying for student loans for a job you no longer want or for a career you no longer want to do. Um, then you want to start a business that has nothing to do with where you started. And I know that my story is not shared by everybody. And, you know, here's what I want you to know. And here's what I want you to think about. I really strongly disagree with the idea that college degrees are wasted because we don't know what we don't know. So whenever you decided to go to college, whether you were 17, 18, 19 years old, thinking about your future, at the time, people told you that this was the automatic step you were supposed to take. That first you go to high school, you do as well, then you take your SATs, and then you go to college. And it's like this predetermined path for a lot of people when they're growing up, just in the same way that women sometimes experience it, that you go to college, you meet the boy, you get married, you have the 2.5 kids and the dog in the yard, etc. That there's this predetermined path. And it's not until you get older and you meet people in a, you know, a variety of different circles and you get exposed to more ways of living that you learn that there's another way. But when you were 17 or 18, it's not like somebody said, hey, did you know that there, especially for some of us of a certain age, like, did you know there's this thing called computers and there's going to be an internet? And at some point in time, you are going to be able to build a business off of this and you're never even going to have to leave your house and you can be location independent. Nobody was giving us that as an option. So we did the best 
with the information we had and with what was in front of us. And, you know, and at the time, we are responsible for following our passion and our path. And I can tell you that, you know, I am so today in 2019, I am so passionate about business that I am constantly like, why didn't I go to business school? Why didn't I get my MBA? Why did I not end up on that path? Because clearly, I have learned so many lessons from my dad and the way I move through the world and his work ethic. It's so business oriented. The way I ran my private practice was so business oriented. It's so like kind of thinking like an entrepreneur from the get go. How the hell did I end up in social services? And, you know, my dad and I had this conversation about it. Um, like two years ago, maybe last year, I can't remember. And he's like, you know, I'm so disappointed sometimes. He's like, because I saw in you, even then, when you were just figuring out the fastest way to serve the most people in our lunch, you know, in our lunch rushes, that you had a business brain and that you were really excited and really understood what, you know, what all of these metrics are, the ROI, KPI, blah, 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 blah. He's like you you got it he's like you didn't have names for it all the time you didn't know what you were sort of organizing in your head but it was so clear that you were thinking like a business person he's like and all I heard every single day was how you wanted to save the children and how you just wanted to help children and there was never any other thought in your mind and he's like and I thought to myself like who am I to put that pressure on you to say hey by the way Heather you know you're really super passionate about this and social work is the only thing you think and talk about but someday you may like you may want to earn a couple more bucks and someday you may want to help other people think like you think and all of that he's like there was no place where I thought I could have that conversation without adding undue influence so I let you go and when I think back to that time he's absolutely right it wasn't like I was one of those people that was like oh I could do social work and help a lot of people for big barely any money or I could go into corporate and I can help businesses make even more money like I hadn't even thought like that there was a choice there was this one thing I wanted to do it was going to be and I told people this like my first month in residential when I was working that like I was going to be a lifer I had no idea when I was 18, 19, 21, 22 with a master's degree in social work that I was ever going to want anything different. And the idea that now that I'm sitting on the other side of 42, I'm supposed to hold myself accountable to not knowing the way I wanted my entire life to go at the age of 18 or 19. I think that's the first conversation we have to have with ourselves. If you were hearing that feedback, if people are saying like, I don't know, like you're looking down at a lot of college debt. Are you sure that it's worth it? I think you have to recognize that it is an unrealistic expectation that you are supposed to know exactly what you're doing. Like when you're so young and you haven't been exposed to new ideas or new potential or, you know, anything like that, because it's our responsibility when we see open doors and when we see 
you know, possibilities and curiosities that we, we kind of walk through and we allow ourselves permission to say, hey, what's that? And to learn and to be curious and to explore. And just because it wasn't presented to us at the most optimal time, because how, how fortunate would it have been for most of us if we had that option before you sign on for a $100,000 student loan? Hey, did you know that in the future, you, you were going to want to be doing something else? Like, how awesome would it be? But we can't hold ourselves accountable to that. And then the other piece to this that I think people really forget is that when you go through a college education and you take the classes and you learn the lessons and you do the work and you show up for yourself, you're learning skills and you're gaining experience and you're being exposed to something. And those skills are entirely transferable. That just because if you, you know, I, I don't want to like, you know, call anybody out. So it's easier to use myself. Like I'm, you know, I took all my classes in social work and then, you know, and one of the things that I've always joked about is I only took like two tests in my entire collegiate career. Like I think I had to take tests in my research class and, um, I had to take some sort of basic math class or something. And I had to take a test in that class, but social work was primarily papers. Like I think the epic year, um, during finals, I wrote 175 pages of coursework material between all of my classes and all of my coursework. So I learned how to become a really good writer. I learned how to, and my, I always credit my high school with this as well, but um, I learned how to organize myself and my thinking and to make an argument and to communicate and to connect with people through words. So when I was in private practice and I wanted to expand my network and I wanted to expand my exposure, it wasn't unheard of for me to start a blog, to start writing articles. And then, you know, my ability to communicate in the therapy therapy world has really helped me here on the podcast. I used in college, I was a member of an improv comedy troupe. So I learned to think on the fly. That too has helped me in the podcast world. So we're not wasting experiences if we're not 100% committed to seeing them through to fruition. That who we meet along the way, the conversations we have, the left turns, the right turns, they all get us to where we are are today. And we never know that if we like erase that opportunity, if we um, took a different path, where it will go. And we can't hold ourselves responsible for that. And the reality is, is that as people, we grow. And sometimes we grow because things have happened to us. And you've heard me talk about that on the show that, you know, I grew up a whole hell of a lot faster when the man I was dating was hit by a bus on the way to work and ended up being a paraplegic because P.S. The other part of this story is he was 18 years old when he decided to become an engineer. He did all of his work. He applied to medical school and post-baccalaureate school or whatever it is. And then he was hit by a freaking bus on his way to work. And you know what he did? He got back up in a new way using a wheelchair, but he freaking went to medical school 
even though he no longer could walk. Because we don't know what we don't know, and we don't know what's going to happen to us. And it is easy to go along with this traditional sort of thinking around it that, like, if you, you know, if you made this decision when you're 18 and 19 and don't know your ass from your elbow, you are supposed to be able to commit to that decision for the rest of your life because, you know, tough titties, you didn't figure it out then, now you're stuck with it. I don't understand the people who tell you you're wasting your life or you're wasting a decision because you are not staying in the same place. Because if we were meant to stay in the same place, why the hell is personal development a multi-billion dollar industry? So part of this is recognizing that old dogs are not going to learn new tricks. One of the reasons why I deleted that episode, even though, by the way, just so you know, it was a glorious takedown of that letter. <laughs> on some letter, on some level, I am super sad that you don't get to hear my sassy, sparky side to that. Um, but that's wasted energy. Like, we're never going to change her mind. Uh, it doesn't matter that my podcast is successful. It doesn't matter that I have a successful business. I am never going to change her mind that I've chosen the wrong path. So part of this, my friends, is deciding for ourselves who and what we give energy to. And if you are considering spending a shit ton of time defending yourself and explaining yourself or entertaining these thoughts for people who are never going to change their mind, you have to recognize that they're not your people because you're changing your mind. You are going after the next thing. You are finding the untraditional path and making it traditional. You know, the reality is, is all of a sudden I just saw like some sort of law or tax something or other for location independent people. What the heck? Five years ago, that wasn't even on anyone's radar. Now it's becoming like part of our regular everyday vernacular. So you want to make sure that you are not giving excessive energy to people who are are never going to change their mind and that their truth and their opinion gets to be theirs. You know, like the reality is, is some people really do think that, that if you go to college and you chose that path, you shouldn't change your mind. And, you know, and that, that opinion comes from their own personal experiences and you can't spend time trying to undo that, unwind it. All you can do is decide, well, where are you going to put your energy and where are you going to put your focus? And and what are you going to do next with it? Because, you know, here's the thing. We shouldn't, I just saw this, I w- oh gosh, um, I I wish I remembered the gentleman's name who just did this. Um, it's not my quote. It's not my quote. It's not my quote. But like, I'm not going to accept adv- uh, criticism from somebody I wouldn't accept advice from. Um, I saw it on Instagram. Sorry, folks. I don't know who said it. But it's this idea that, you know, it's so easy when somebody wants to take you down enough when somebody wants to say, oh, like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you and oh, you're wasting your talent and oh, blah, blah, blah. But like, am I really going to call this person up and say, hey, I'm not quite sure what to do in my career path. What do you think? No, because she was never my people when I worked with her. She, we, one of the reasons why we disagreed now is like we disagreed then and why the hell she wants to take 10 minutes out of her day to tell me I'm a disappointment, you know, 20 years later is beyond me. But 
It's that idea that like we shouldn't be accepting someone's negative view of us if we wouldn't listen to them when they were giving us advice. But it's so easy to give time and attention and contemplation and consideration to someone who's criticizing us. But instead, the challenge is, my friends, to find your truth, to find your rationale, to find your understanding and your summary of this. Because the reality is, is just like I said, I do kind of wish at some point in time, I'd even noticed that about myself. That like one of the things I did, I look back on this and my dad was just telling me about this, that like I I really did try to figure out like the most efficient way to make a sandwich in the most (laughs) efficient time possible, which by the way, I need new hobbies, right? But that idea is that I was so motivated by that. And if I could come up with the system and keep Keep it clean and, you know, um, make it so that we weren't constantly stocking things during lunch hour and developing the systems. I was nerding out on that before nerding out was even a phrase. I wish I had put it together that I was passionate about business. But the reality is, is at the time I was equally passionate about kids and I was equally passionate about helping families. I didn't get to notice because I just turns out I'm a multi-passionate person. So I want you to recognize that sometimes not knowing what we don't know is going to come with a sense of disappointment. It's going to put us behind the eight ball. It's going to make it, you know, in my husband's case, he was, we joked about it. He was like the oldest living med school freshman when he went to medical school because, you know, he, he lost a year to rehab and he'd already been working 10 years post-baccalaureate um, uh, for Gillette. So he's, you know, one of the oldest (laughs) med school freshmen. But it's better to be like one of the oldest med school freshmen than to never be a med school freshman because at 18, he decided to be an engineer, right? So I, I want you to think about that because... The only way someone else's story of you is going to take root is if your story of yourself is a little bit shaky. And so I want you to spend time not on the criticism, but what is your understanding of yourself and your story and how you got here and how you landed here? Because at the end of the day, that is absolutely going to determine what happens next for you and for your business. And if you know you're going to be criticized, have the script ready so that way you don't feel disempowered when someone questions you. You don't feel stuck behind the eight ball and sort of speechless and deer in the headlights. You're able to stand in your truth and what you know. Um, so this episode wasn't as sassy as the last one, but I really do hope it's more actionable for you. Um, I hope you enjoy what I had to say today. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.